Hello and welcome to Aunt Mary from otrgold.com. This episode will begin after a brief message from our sponsors. Now for our story. Sergeant Bill Meade wasn't the sort to accept an ultimatum. Not even from his father-in-law, Ben Calvert. But after Ben's visit, there didn't seem much else Bill could do. Day after tomorrow, his wife, Kip, would arrive in Los Angeles. Bill did some rapid calculations. It wouldn't be so very long before the baby was born, and they'd know whether or not all their fears had been in vain. No, the wait wouldn't be too long. But still time enough for Ben to make good his threat, and that, Bill knew, couldn't be allowed to happen. Ben sensed that something had been kept from him, having been confronted with stubborn silence on the part of his daughter and his son-in-law. Fearful of Wakefield's getting a long-awaited last lap on him, Ben Calvert had put his own ugly interpretation on the fact that his son-in-law had been seeing Aunt Mary's niece. And he had told Bill that either he must stop seeing Peggy Douglas, or he would force Kip to come back to Wakefield. Well, Sergeant Bill Meade got up earlier than usual this morning. On his way to Camp Downing, he turned in at the lane farm. Going around to the back, he looked in the kitchen window. He had hoped to find Peggy alone, but he was disappointed. Yeah? Come on in. Oh, Bill. Good morning, Mr. Larkin. Morning. Well? Um, is Aunt Mary here? She's out in the chicken house. Oh. Hey, just a minute, Bill. Something you wanted? Uh, is Peggy up yet? I don't know. <laughs> you mean it depends on what I want to feel about her? Could be. You're sort of taking over, aren't you, Mr. Larkin? Might be. I see. Did Peggy tell you that she and I have met a couple of times to talk things over? Not in so many words, no. But you saw fit to draw your own conclusions. Well, Bill, there comes a time when you can no longer give someone the benefit of the doubt. I don't blame you for that. What I don't understand is how you... Well, I mean, if it had been Aunt Mary who had gone to Ben Calvert, I could understand it. You mean you wonder what right I had? Well, yes. I had a right, Bill, even though you'll just have to take my word for it. Well, if you expect someone to take your word, you ought to be willing to take his. Yeah. Look, I'd like to see Peggy, Mr. Larson. What about? I know about your visit to Ben Calvert the other day. Doesn't that answer your question? Okay. I'll go call. Good morning. How's this? Hello, Peggy. Sit down, Peggy. I'll fix you some breakfast. I made some pretty good pancakes this morning. No, thank you, Lester. Bill, have you had breakfast? Oh, yeah. I don't care if anything comes. Um, I'd like to talk to you for a minute, Peggy. Oh. Uh, I guess we could go in the front room. You needn't bother. I'll leave. That won't be necessary, Mr. Larkin. Peggy, I haven't much time. i got to get to camp. So, would you mind walking part of the way with me? No. No, of course not. Come on. Don't you want a jacket? Still pretty cool out this morning. No, thanks. I'm all right. 
Oh, it's going to be such a beautiful day. Mm-hmm. Let's say this one, we can cut across plumbers. No, on second thought, we'd probably better not. We'd probably run into some of the kids, and our time is too valuable. Okay. I was so surprised to come in the kitchen and see you this morning. Yeah, I thought you would be. Then you've no idea how happy I was last night. What a difference it made. What made? The things you said. I can tell you this now, but... But what? Well, when you first said that you couldn't talk to me anymore about getting a divorce from Chip. Well, you know, of course, what I thought. First, I decided that you had changed your mind, or that something had happened, and you didn't know how to get out of the situation directly. Yeah, I know. Then when I came to you and told you I decided not to worry about you not giving me any explanation. Well, in spite of that, I did worry. Oh, I felt sure I was right about you, about us. But it was necessary and right for me to be patient and try to understand without asking any questions. But even then, I... Well, way back in my mind, I couldn't help but have a few doubts. Well, I don't blame you, Peggy. But I didn't really doubt you, dear. I was just a little afraid. Because everything seemed so vague. And when I was alone, I got to thinking a lot of things I didn't want to think. You know how it is. Yeah. But last night, dear. Last night when you told me you really knew everything was going to be all right. Well, it was almost as good as a promise as far as I was concerned. I knew then that whatever this thing is that's come up about it and the divorce and everything, well, I knew then that you were working it out in your own way. And, and just as you said, that everything would be all right and, and that it was safe for me to plan. And oh, hurt. Peggy, don't. Why, what's the matter? I, I don't quite know how to say it. Well, just say it, Bill. Well, the thing is, Peggy, now, now I don't think we should see each other. Oh? No. No, I didn't say it to you. <laughs> oh, Bill, that's an old impression. I know, but I'm serious. But so am I. Why wouldn't it be fair to me? Well, I had no right to ask it of you in the first place. And Peggy, it's... Too dangerous. Dangerous? Honey, I'm not going to have you talked about and picked over by... Who would talk about if no one knows? That's what you think. Who knows? All these things get around fast, and you don't know how cruel some people can be. Well, I don't want that sort of thing connected with us, particularly since Chip's out of town. Oh. I see. I don't want you to be harmed in any way. But if I'm willing to take the risk... But I'm not willing to have you take it. There's something you don't understand. There's too much I don't understand. Yeah. I know. And I can't tell you any more than I have either. But Peggy, I can't see you anymore. You see the gossip and all. Well, it's just... Stop trying to alibi, dear. Sorry it took me so long to see what you were driving at. 
Well, don't worry about the weight, dear, Doctor. You'll get your wish, dear. You won't see me again. Peggy. But Peggy Douglas had turned and was walking quickly away. She didn't look back. It was just as Bill had feared it would be. As in his heart, he had known it would be. In a way, he was prepared. And yet he wondered, why couldn't there be any balance in this situation? Why was it everything he did that helped Kit, as he should be helped, only served to alienate Peggy all the more? He had agreed to Ben Calvert's demand. By doing so, he had insured Kit staying in California. But it looks as if he had also insured the end between him and Peggy Douglas. It was no consolation, but at least in his conscience, Bill Mead felt that he had done the right thing. And at this same moment, when Bill Mead had taken a step to protect his wife's pride, on a westbound train, a young woman sits in a room at a Western Union pad on her knees. Kit Mead is reading over a while she's just written. Darling, have hunched that you may be back in California. If so, please meet me Monday, 5.30 p.m., Union Station. Need you desperately. Kit. Mrs. William Mead rang for the porter. A few seconds later, she gave him a wire to send. A telegram addressed to Paul Cromwell. I wonder why Kit, who was so eager to stay out of sight, to stay away from everyone, is sending this message to a man she once went with. A man who wanted to marry her. 